Calling all conscious achievers who are seeking more community and connection, I've got an invitation for you. Join me at this year's Summit of Greatness this September 7th through 9th in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio to unleash your true greatness. This is the one time a year that I gather the greatness community together in person for a powerful transformative weekend. People come from all over the world and you can expect to hear from inspiring speakers like Inky Johnson, Jaspreet Singh, Vanessa Van Edwards, Jen Sincero, and many more. You'll also be able to dance your heart out to live music, get your body moving with group workouts, and connect with others at our evening socials. So if you're ready to learn, heal, and grow alongside other incredible individuals in the greatness community, then you can learn more at lewishouse.com slash summit 2023. Make sure to grab your ticket, invite your friends, and I'll see you there. The new rich is peace, you know, because you can put somebody in the Rolls Royce, he's still gonna have the same problems. He's gonna have those problems in the Rolls Royce. And I think once you become into this place where you just at peace with who you are, I had to work so hard and do so much work on myself just to even get a taste of that. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business you can also earn up to 395 dollars in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more 
weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome back in one of the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest. We have the inspiring Jay Jeezy Jenkins in the house. What's My up, man. brother? How you feeling? Good to see you, man. Excited so about this. We've connected on social media for a while. Yeah. You have uh, an amazing new book out called Adversity for Sale yes, that yes, everyone yes. needs to get. But you've been on the scene for a while, a couple yep. of decades. You've been in the music scene, yep. multi-platinum, award-winning, all the different things yep. that have happened for the success that the world has seen. But what I think is interesting is most people we were just talking about don't see the darkness and don't see the failures necessarily. They see the the money, they see maybe the success, they see who you're working with, all the talented people you get to collaborate with. But I don't think everyone gets to know about the adversity right. that got you to where you're at and actually how it's the failures that give us the most information on how to be successful. Right. We're talking about your younger years where you went through different adversity, um, grew up, your parents were separated, you're in and out of yep. boot camp style institutions, and you had some darkness early on. Yeah, a lot of it. Now, were you successful before in terms of the music world? Were you doing music and having stuff out there before a lot of the darkness came? Or oh, no. Um, let me give you a... A little uh, you know, humble beginnings. <laughs> so, uh, my father was in the military. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My my mother, my father married young. I have a sister. My older brother died, and me and my family were abroad. So I lived in Japan and Hawaii too. Right? Hawaii, yeah. yeah. So that was the beginning. My parents got divorced because you know my mom was. You know, she, my mom was a little spicy at the time. You know what I mean? My dad was how he was, and I, I don't think they can put it together because I don't think there was therapy, all those things back then uh, that, that I know of, and they just divorced. And it was like one day we was living this life, and the next day I was back in the hood with my grandmother, living with my grandmother. And then I tried to live with my grandmother for a while, and there was a lot of people in the house. Um, so I ended up moving with my mother. And when I moved with my mother, uh, it was... A, a really a little dysfunctional because I look just like my father. <laughs> she didn't so, like your father. No. <laughs> so she didn't like you. No, at all. And so we just kept bumping heads. And one day I was supposed to go to school. And this is around the time I was getting in the streets. And I was just like, I ain't going. And she was like, oh, are you going to school? And I'll never forget it. Uh, we got this big, the biggest argument we ever had. And I looked up and she had her, she had a little 25. It was like a chrome with a, uh, a little pearl handle. She put it in my face. She said, you're going to go to school. You're going to, she said, you're going to go to school. You're going to go to hospital. And I just she remember. put the gun in your face. Yes. I looked at her. Your mom. Yes. How old were you? Uh, maybe about 14, 15. Holy cow. Yeah. Maybe about 14, 15. I couldn't have been 16. I just want to make sure I get the time. Sure. Like, so she puts the gun like right in your face, yep. like closer. Tells me, yep. Tells me. You're going to go to school, you go, you're going to die today. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. man. And I believed it, too, though. My mom wasn't in to play with. Like, she was serious. She was serious business. And um, I knew what it was, though. I was, I was out of control. This By this time, I'm, I'm 13, 14 years old. I'm selling drugs. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into a lot of things that kids shouldn't be into, right? But because this is where I felt like I had a place, you know, because they treated me different. 
You he know? felt more accepted there. Yeah, yeah. So in that the streets. was that was yeah in the streets. Then at home, right? Really. And so when I left her, I went back to stay with my grandmother, and um, that's why I say I, I relate to you on the sofa thing because uh, I yeah. slept on the sofa a lot of nights, childhood yeah, yeah. years. You know, and uh, the thing about my grandmother, she kind of let me do what I wanted to do because there was so many grandkids in the house. Like she didn't really have any controls. I would go out, stay out as long as I wanted to, and come in. And so I was able to start, you know, building my. Uh, building my foundation to be what I was becoming, if you will, because I didn't have any restraints. Right. I was, it was, it was game on. And, you know. That's, that's not a good thing. You know, it's crazy. I, I say that all the time because my grandmother lived right across the street from this basketball court, right? And every Sunday, everybody would come to this court from all the towns around and they would play basketball and they'd be like all the hustlers and all the cars and, you know, all the women and you just like, and I used to be so tired because I was up hustling all night that I used to sleep on the sofa. So I would be asleep while they're playing ball, right? But I would listen to everything, the conversations and everything I could hear because I didn't—I had FOMO, I didn't want to miss out, sure. right? And that was like my thing, just laying on that sofa and just listening to everything. And then one day I was just like, man, you know, I can't wait till I can pull up in front of this park in a yellow Testarosta and hop out and be this big guy and all that. And the crazy thing, like that was my, vision and then you know of course it wasn't a big right. vision that was the dream yeah, yeah, yeah there you go and um i ended up doing that but my grandmother passed before she got oh, a chance man. to see it so my point in case is everything that she thought that was gonna you know send me to prison and get me killed actually gave me the foundation to be who i was and that's why i relate when you're saying about your brother yeah it's like you have to go through things to start to understand why you're here and for me it was like i could do this but it was a real game because it's like this ain't Pac-Man or something you playing because if you lose, you know, it's death or jail. Yeah, man. So now now I'm picking up skills because what do you have to have if the consequences are dire? Now I got discipline. Wow. You know, I'm smart. I'm thinking things out. I'm problem solving. You learned yeah. this from the streets. Yeah. What were the three most powerful skills you learned hustling in the streets that you right. still use today? Oh, sure. Discipline is, discipline is real. Like, it's like, you can do anything in the world with discipline, and if you don't have it, the world can do anything to you. You know, discipline is key. Um, the second one I was thinking would be, is problem solving. Like, it can be chaotic. I'm the calmest person in the room, and in my head I'm already putting together <laughs> how I'm gonna solve the problem, right? And the second thing, would be, I mean, the third thing would be um, understanding that you don't need anything to make something, right? You just got to have the drive to do it. You, you feel what I'm saying? It's, yes. like, it's like you don't need a product to make money, right? You just need an idea and the drive to get it across, right? Yeah. And I learned that in the streets, like, really quick, you know, because if your personality is good and you're a good person, People will do things for you that they wouldn't do for somebody that they feel like might try to take advantage of them, rob them, wow. take something. It's almost like, I really like you. I want to help you. But could you fully trust everyone or anyone in the streets as a 16, 18-year-old kid? Well, I'm going to tell you some real. <laughs> I, I, I ain't never trusted nobody in my life. Even today? No. Today you don't trust anyone? No. Not even your wife or kids? My wife, or... but like nobody I know. Wow. But let me say this, from my past. From your past. Right. Okay. But 
what I had to learn and earn was to get only quality people around. Yes. Because I just kind of brought what I had with me to the table. <laughs> you know, and everybody don't got the proper etiquette. Sure, you know I mean? sure. So it's like it wasn't the right table. Right. And as I started to lose people on one front, I had this very dark space where I was trying to figure out who I was because these are the people that made me feel like this is my support system. They accepted you on the streets. They right. were there for you right. when you were so this, struggling, when your parents weren't there. Right. You, so this is like- They brought you in. This is my support system. Man, that's so tough. Right. And then now I'm getting to this space where I'm making different decisions and my support system is like, and then by the way, my support system is not like, it's almost like having a pack of wild wolves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm just being honest. Like yeah, you, you man. feed them every day. And then when the food starts slow, they get they hungry. Start looking at you, they get hungry. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so now I'm having to navigate this, and I'm having to, uh, you know, separate myself, so to speak. But as I'm separating myself, I'm losing my power. How so? Because I don't have control over anything else. I got control over the streets. I'm not in corporate America yet. I can't make any decisions or no moves. I'm, I'm, I'm not right over here. I'm nobody. How old are you at this time? This time? Well, right? this is actually after I put out my my second album. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And and I just started to see things happen. And, and I talk a lot about it in the book. Um, this was my, my, my say, like you graded what you do, right? And you know all these people in this community, so you got resources. But if I just took you and put you in the White House, you might be a little like, what do I know? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of that. And um, as I started to transition. <clears throat> so you brought your crew with you as you started to do music. Correct. Right? You started- I really do- didn't have a choice. Yeah, it was all you knew. Well, no, because I was still doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing. Oh, you were still in the streets. So this is my corporation. While you were trying to be, <laughs> while you were trying to be credible. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is my this is my company, right? This is how the bills are being paid. Sure. This is how we're staying afloat. This is how I'm paying for the music. Everything yeah, is yeah. Here. But once I go like, okay, this ain't really working. I got to lean more towards the music, and I never forget. I went cold turkey. I like, I just kind of. Like one of my friends said something to me about it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go to prison because I'm not prison type. I'm keeping it real. Like, I'm it just saying, I'm too fly of a guy for that. <laughs> I ain't got time to be wasting right. my time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I didn't want to get killed because it was like, you know, I was losing, you know, 30, 40, 50 friends a year. Like, like clockwork. Really? Yeah. Still to this day, right now, right now. Wow. I, could, I just lost three people that I know that I'm affiliated with. So, I lost three people in the last two days. Do you know anyone who, can be successful doing hustling the streets right. while staying alive, mm-hmm. not not going to prison after 10, 20, 30 years, and feeling peace in their heart. No. Then why yeah. do people do it for so long? I get it when you're like a teenager and there's, you know, you're getting you're getting brought up in it, but why keep doing it? Because in their eyes, that's the closest they ever been to success. In my eyes, it's the closest I've been to success. I pay for my, just to put just to put a understanding of it. Like this room we in, when, when right before my mom kicked me out, I bought a trailer, a double wide or a, a single wide trailer, as big as this room. That's that's as big as it was. Me, my mom, my sister stayed in a space like this for years until she kicked me out. That I paid thirty five hundred dollars for. Wow. Where do you think I got the thirty five hundred dollars? The streets, right? So just like how how is that not that's success? how you made it yeah yeah how's that not success right 
this is this I'm doing something for my family, I'm doing something for my mom. I'm I'm not even thinking about the consequences. Right. Right? I'm not thinking about what could happen. I need to eat now. Right. <laughs> but when you but let's say, you know, for those that stay in that game for five, ten years and right. they see three to five, ten friends right. a year die right. or go to jail right. every year. Right. What's the motivation for saying, oh, it's not going to be me. I'm going to be fine or I can outsmart the law or outsmart the bullets. Okay. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the one. Yeah. I'm the only one that made it the, from what I know. Right. And that's why I'm telling my story because I had to make a lot of decisions that weren't favorable, that wasn't cool. It wasn't like what you're supposed to do when you're in my position. I had to go against the grain. And that's when I realized that I'm a disruptor and I'm a visionary because I see, I can tell you in 10 years what I want to be like. Mm. When I can tell you in 20 years where I want to live at. You know what I mean? I, I can see it, right? And then I can tell you what I'm not scared to go up against to get there, right? And that's why I wrote the book because this success is, is, is like we equate success with money. And I don't care how much it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I got more than I had yesterday, I'm successful. Yeah. But that's that's not the truth. Mm, what right? is success for you? Success to me is peace. It's, it's peace of mind. Um, it's, it's being able to get up every day and live your life, you know, to the fullest with making memories, mm. um, doing things that you love to do uh, without you know, having to be told what to do because you, you earn that and you put yourself in a position where you're able to go do something that you actually love. Right. And it has it has purpose for you, right? Because this this book and what I do is because a lot of people get caught up in the Jeezy like the rap. I ain't never been a rapper. <laughs> really? No, I'm him. I ain't his mother, his daddy, his brother, his cousin. I'm him. I'm the guy who walked out on the streets and showed all these kids and this generation coming up that you can be from where I'm from. I'm gonna leave the back door open for you. You just gotta get in there. Now, that's the first part. You gotta be disciplined to, to get make those there. decisions, yeah. Right? But that's not where the game starts. Where does it start? Now you gotta stay alive. Now you gotta stay free. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you see man. what's going on with culture and entertainment. These kids are going to jail like it's nothing. They're dying like it's like 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 they're in Vietnam or something. You feel what I'm saying? So that's what my purpose and why I'm here and why I want to tell my story because I had to make some painful decisions to get here and I'm still thriving and trying to get to the next level. But this is bigger than me because I'm going to have to sit down with somebody one day and tell them, hey man, you know, you might want to try it this way, you know, because it, it missed so many calls where <clears throat> I've had some kids where, I wouldn't call them kids, but young guys that I really respected and I would go talk to them about certain things. And they'd be like, yeah, I can see that. And then next week they're gone. They don't take it. They don't listen to you. They don't take action. Well, the thing is, you have to package it right. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm coming to you and I'm looking clean and buttoned up. I don't look like one of you because right. you know how I used to look. <laughs> you know how I used to be. You know what used to be around me. Yeah. You know, you, you respected what was around me because you felt like I was leading men that you respect. Now that that's no longer around, you kind of second guess what I'm saying because that ain't the ideal you got for yourself, right? Mm. Until you start to get in that place where you start to get things that you actually really care about. Kids, wife, family, career. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Right? And now you're like, oh, what do I do? Because now you have to start making those. And, and the thing is you have 
to evolve. If you don't evolve, even in the streets, I knew that going in, it's just like, I'm not staying here. I just need this to be, you know, the vessel because music is my talent, which I stumble on. But business has always been my passion. Mm. I always always saw myself with a plain Jane watch, wedding band, three piece suit. Really? Yeah, that, that's me. That's what I am. Clean cut, good skin. <laughs> you know Smelling good, right? That's, like, that's me, and and that's what I I, I strive for. Wow. Right? So I was never caught up in the stigma of the streets. Like I understood it, but I understood what it was too. You know what I mean? So I'm like. I can't come from uh, the streets and walk straight into the boardroom. Wow. So how do I get there? And then I started to map out this plan. The plan was to go from where I was to figure some things out, to establish myself, establish my credibility. And then started to get into this music. I started as a CEO at first. I spent a lot of money that didn't work. My artist went to jail. One of them got killed. And now I'm stuck with all the studio equipment. I'm like, I got to do it myself. Wow. I do it myself. It takes me 10 years to build it. Boom, now I'm a success. But then I got all these bad things that are coming with me because now Nobody ever cut the water off, <laughs> you know what I mean? So wow. now I got to start transitioning that, but this is the thing. They don't understand, I already got a vision. I'm already going where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like I'm going there. So as you start to get closer to where you're going, people start to fall back and they're like, I don't really like what he's doing anymore. But like the music he's listening to, why is he eating clean food? What are we doing? Right. You know what I mean? So it's that, and, 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 and the thing is, you know, I think the sad part about it is, you know, Everybody's supposed to have their own vision. And my vision and your vision is supposed to align so we can get to where we're going together. Whatever I can do to help you, like we talked about earlier, and whatever you can do to help me, that's when the visions align. When everybody's just kind of walking behind you just to see where you got to go and they're not knowing you're going there, as you get closer to it, they go, I don't, I don't, I want to be over here. This is where I'm good at. But I'm like, we can be good here today, but I don't know about tomorrow. Right? Right. And that's what happens when you have people that get into the streets and stay in it. They don't have a vision. They just they just needed what they needed right then. And as you get more comfortable with getting what you get, then you get this thing that I talk about in the book, this this mindset of I'm 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 glad it ain't me. So you hear about somebody getting murdered, I'm glad it ain't me. You hear somebody go about somebody going to prison, I'm glad it ain't me. But the whole time you rolling the dice. <laughs> Could be you any moment. Yes, yeah. Tomorrow. Wow. You know, and 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 I'm not trying to paint it like this dark cloud because I learned so much in the streets. Like I give the streets everything. Like and I mean that. Like even to this day when I'm out and I see people. And and, and you gotta understand, like by far I'm not the biggest rap star. I'm not the biggest but in the streets, I'm everything. Yeah. I'm everything. Today. It don't get no bigger. Really? Because it, they all either their fathers knew me, their older brother that's in prison, their cousin from the block, that somebody got a Jeezy story about why they love me. Wow. Right? It's almost like Bob Marley. You go to Jamaica, seven mile where he's from, everybody's gonna tell you a story about Bob. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How he helped them fight the bully at school, how he helped somebody jump their cough, how he gave somebody bail money, how he paid for kids Christmas. That's that's who I am. Wow. And I've been that. And like for me, you know, that's what it's about. And, and throughout the streets, the streets taught me about integrity, right? And that's like a, the, 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 the big one to me because it's almost like, if you ain't a man of your word, you're not a man. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you want to keep your word when you play with people that are just as dangerous as you are. Absolutely. <laughs> they're not going to play. You know, right. They're not going to play around. I'm trying to tell break you. Break your word, right. they're going to break you. You're right. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned your, I mean, this, I shouldn't be laughing about this, but it's just kind of crazy to think about. You mentioned your mom put a gun in your face yeah. when you were 14, 15. How many times have you had a gun in your face since then? I got pretty slick after that. <laughs> <laughs> I got pretty good at like seeing the energy and knowing like- Escaping yeah. it, yeah, not putting you know, yourself you know, in and, and I was telling somebody this other day, like I think in my mind, I just built up this superpower of just not getting caught up in that. And really? I, yeah, I've just been so good at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, my whole life, like, people will tell you right now, I still move militant. Like, I move militant before Barack Obama. You feel really? Like, oh, yes. Because I'm I'm not exempt to anything. I'm not. You know, we just lost Nipsey Hussle. We just lost this one now. Like, you're not exempt. Even if you've had a good track record for a certain amount of time, and even if you're being an integrity to the right things and I mean, one being thing, of service. And one thing about it, if you have Chapo Guzma, you still have Chapo Guzma. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. It doesn't go away. The people don't really? go away. The people Something from 10, 20 years ago might still catch up to you. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. It's it's real. And, and I don't mean it in the sense of, I mean, you, you're still dealing with individuals. You're dealing right. with people. Emotions. Yeah, you're dealing people with- People holding on to stuff. You, and people see you moving differently. Right, and they see you enjoying your life, and, and they, they think, "Oh, I should be getting peace." Right, or not even just that, or just like, "Oh, he ain't the way he used to be." Therefore, he's not, you know, or he thinks he's better than her, or whatever. Right, and 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 just jealousy. Wow, in my culture is 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 the real deal. Really? Oh yeah, you lose your life about that easy. I mean, that's nothing. Even if you didn't do anything to someone, but just that that's, you that's, you that's, came that's, from somewhere, you made it, right. and they didn't. The crazy thing, you ain't got to even make it. 
You just gotta be there when the energy's off and they're jealous and they're mad or they're upset. They got nothing to lose. That's it. And, and I got nothing to prove. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I'm right. Saying? So I know better. And I think that, you know, I carry those lists of rules and morals as I continue to navigate the world. And I think people that are around me don't understand why I still think that way. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just know better. And it's not like I'm scared, I'm worried, but I'm not going to go nowhere I shouldn't be. Uh, I'm not going to hang around. I ain't going to Roscoe's. I'll tell you that. Two a.m. Roscoe's. I'm not not doing that. (laughs) Wow, man. This is my assistant. You know, I'm. You're very, you're very intentional. I'm mindful about your environment, people you're surrounding with, and that came with not trusting anyone. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't. You know, and 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 people around me might look at you and might tell you if they sat down with you, like that's not true because this is like, nah, I didn't. I know how to play the game. I love you. I still love you. Right. But I, I know what you're capable of, right? And at the same time, yeah, I know what's going on with the dynamic. You see me moving in a different direction. You don't like that. You're never going to like that. How could you possibly like that? You know what I'm saying? So now it's like the love I have for you, I can't allow that to let, you know, me be vulnerable in a certain sense. How do you, and I know it sounds like, yeah, you know, sure. but, but it's life. How do you have peace, inner peace, emotional peace, and self-belief and self-confidence while also knowing that people that you grew up with or you know you're losing friends to yeah. death or jail or and still happening today how do you feel peace calm mm. and confident what running a business running your life traveling with your wife whatever it might be how do you feel those things i feel peace because i know that when it's all said and done, my kids gonna know that their father was a great man. Mm. I feel peace in knowing that there's no better husband in the world wow. than me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm that guy. <laughs> you man. know what I'm saying? Um, because because this is something I strive for. Like, I, I wanted these things. Mm-hmm. I know that when it comes down to my culture, there's nobody that's realer than me because I'm not a rapper. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a prophet in my mind. I mean, I'm, here to share what I've learned and to share what I know and hoping that it can change lives. Wow. Right. And save lives because that's the only thing I can do at this point. You can give me a billion dollars, I'm gonna live the same life. Of course I want it. If right, I right, can right, right. With more people, but I'm gonna still be the same person. And for me, it's like I get peace in knowing that I got good friends now mm. and I can build with. You know, I got I just have my homie lost one of his uh, nephews and the other one lost his cousin. And, but it was a time where as black men, we couldn't even talk to each other about how we felt. I'm in a circle of people now, I could tell them like, man, I'm, man, I don't know how I'm, and we all come together and right. we, we talk about this and yeah. I ain't judging you. Yeah. And, I ju- and it didn't used to be like that. I used to have to keep all my feelings and everything that I was feeling balled up inside and deal with it myself, you know, which caused me to go outside of my comfort zone to find the answers, which was a, a great thing. Yeah. But now I can call, you know, one of my brothers or somebody and say, hey, look, man, well, you know, my, my man, I found his nephew died and the next day my other man's cousin died. And it's just like, now I got to make these calls. And, but, then I, but the calls are like, they're, they're intentional. Hey, bro, if you need to process this, mm-hmm. you know, you need to just sit down, like you want to smoke a cigar, let's just talk, you know, and, and, and that's a different type of piece, yeah. right? Because now I got an outlet and then what gives me peace is I started getting mentors, whether it was my, uh, cause 
I had TD, a, a mentor of yours, and, mm-hmm. and Bishop Jakes is yeah, Bishop Jakes, one of my mentors, John Maxwell. Robert, oh yeah, Robert, I just had John on. He's great. Robert Green. Oh, uh, Robert's amazing. Uh, Tony Roberts. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, you, you name it. You know these. These are my. This is my circle. Yeah. It's me down. Wow. You know? And um, and for me, it's like uh, these are people that I can reach out to to even help me process stuff I need to help wow, process man. for the people that I love. Wow. I want to help, right? Because now we we all got this. You know sure, what I'm saying? Sure. It's, not, it's not just mine, right? And what brings me peace is knowing that, you know, my decisions can change lives, right? Because my decisions have took lives, meaning like I've been a part of things. That, wow. You know, but now it's not like I just turned this new leaf and I'm just in a different space. It's like, this is who I am. This is who I was evolving to be. I just had to go through the fire. Wow. Right? Just to understand because I can't look at you with a straight face and go, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's good. And and, and I never did it. I'm going to be like, yo, I, I'm going to be like, yo, man, like, I, I've i been there. And that's mm-hmm. why when my brothers come to me, if they're going through something or whatever, I can sit down and have a intentional conversation about, you know, processing it and understanding where we at. And then we can, and here's that street sense kicks in again. Oh, you ever thought about this? And you should sit down with such and such and y'all figure that out. Sure, sure. And, and that's how it works. How old were you when you started to be able to open up and have these types of conversations oh. about your emotions, about your feelings, about your thoughts, as opposed to just with yourself? Because I never spoke about any of my emotions till I was about 10 years ago when I hit 30. So when I started to process and heal and, and be able to talk about these things that I was like, no one could ever know this stuff. I would say when I was 40. Really? Yeah, it's, it's less than five years ago. Wow. That's when you started to be able to say, all right, let me start processing or opening up. Well, what happened was I was living in Malibu um, and my music was changing. Uh, Louis Farrakhan hit me, Brother Farrakhan. And he was like, Jeezy, Brother Jeezy, your music is changing. The enemy is coming. And I'm just like, my enemy's in my neighborhood. They ain't coming where I'm, I'm in Malibu. He's like, I'm just telling you. Get off the phone with him. Next week I'm on tour with Wiz Khalifa. Um, young man gets killed by my tour bus and they locked me and my crew up. So now I'm sitting in uh, LA County Jail, $10 million in bail. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Because there's 10 people on the bus. Oh, I didn't do anything. First time in my life, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and I'm sitting <laughs> you're, just on the, you're on the bus. Yeah, well, yeah. I, actually, I got off the bus. Oh, wow. And went to a hotel room and then I came. But it was your on bus. Going to bus the next morning. They oh. followed us to the next venue. Oh, man. That's where they got me at. Holy cow. And now I'm sitting in jail, 10 people in jail, million dollars a piece, $10 million. Um, and my team came to get me out the first day, right? And I go, I can't leave them in LA in jail. I cannot. You know what I'm saying? So let me figure out how to get everybody out and then we'll get out together. So I got everybody out. Uh, on bail because we still had to go to court. And I had to pay for all that. Wow. Flying everybody back and forth here to court, whatever. Um, shout out to my lawyer, Blair. Blair Brad, she she killed it. But um, the thing was that one last time, I was depending on the people that was my people to make sure that my family and my people were straight. And when I got home, when I finally got out, nobody did anything. Really? And I was, because I've been the bad for everybody. I don't pay for things that ain't got nothing to do. It ain't even my business, right? And I was just so devastated because I'm like, yo, what if I, what if this would have been it? What if I would have passed? Like, you're not going to make sure my kids are good. Y'all not going to check on my daughter's mother. Y'all not going to do wow. these things. And it's just like, I've done that for y'all, right? And I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying, like, I know what I would do, right? 
And that's when I started to learn I can't put my expectations on anybody. Right. Right. So now I got to do what's best for me because now I feel like I'm all alone. Wow. So I was it. I cut everything. And then that's when I went on my mission to just start. And, and, and um, one of my business partners, we used to always just sit down and talk, have a bottle of wine, smoke a cigar. And he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do real estate. And it just into real estate. I started doing real estate. That did well for me. I want to do spirits. So this is all what we did. So I'm like, why don't I just do that in life? Yeah. So I, Robin Green, you know, I call Robin Green. We go to the LA Athletic Club. Sit yeah. down, have tea. I asked him seven questions. And he started giving me this game. Wow. John Maxwell, who came and married me and my wife. Wow. You know, in my backyard. That's amazing. Right. And, and one of my best <laughs> friends and me and John talking, he gives me this insight and I just started to move towards the light. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I just wanted to get a different perspective because I didn't have anybody around me right. to give me their perspective. And T.D. Jake, same thing. And I'm not just saying it because these are established people. These are men that have done well in their lives and their community. And their relationships. And their relationships yeah. that want to share something with mm. me that I didn't have any access to. Wow. And that was that's what made me start to open up and start to understand and start to be at peace and start to do all these things because now I know it's okay. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> so before five years ago, when you would face a challenge or an adversity. Well, let me say this too, though. And yeah, I met ahead. my wife on set when I went to do her show because uh, she works in television to promote an album I was working on. And I told my publicist, I said, yo, I'm going to marry that woman. But I knew <laughs> that I had to do some work on myself. Sure, sure. So this is the five years that I went and got myself wow. together. Then I came back and I was like, yo, you know, I'm actually ready for you. Like, wait. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. So you met her right around that time, five yeah. years ago yep. or whatever. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So this is fascinating because did you kind of let go of all those people in your, your life around that time that was... I mean, I want to say let go because it wasn't that easy, but I just think we, we grew apart yeah. and things just started to happen differently. They didn't want to go on the same path as you. Yeah. And so just, naturally, they're not going to be spending as much time as yeah, you. Yeah, and then it just, you know, it got a little crazy for a while. It did. Imagine, man. People don't like watching someone else change and doing things differently, especially right. if you've known for a long time. Right. And you're used to doing certain things with them. Well, they want you to be the old you because it makes them be uncomfortable. Yeah. And the new you makes people be uncomfortable. And for me, I just kind of felt like the hardest decision I ever made in my life, hardest decision I ever made in my life. And was, I made some hard decisions. Was what? Was, was to walk alone. Hardest decision I ever made in my life. It was like, I meant for the first, I mean, Thug Motivation came. For the first three albums up until my album, The Recession, I, I had so much survivor's remorse and I was so like, in a bad place, like I was drinking like you wouldn't believe. Really? Oh my God, I was 260 pounds, um, skin was bad. I was just like, you know, I, cause I thought I was going to prison. The whole time, I'm just, cause everybody around me started to get indicted. So I'm like, just waiting, it's coming. Like if, if me and you hanging out and you get indicted, <laughs> and I'm like, right. yeah, they got Lewis, that's my man. <laughs> right, right. You know Where what am I mean? going, so, yeah. right. And it was just like the whole thing. So a lot of the music and why it was so, so strong and, direct was it because I just wanted to be heard in my mind I'm just like like I'm gonna be gone so this is my only chance so wow. I really focused on the music put everything in the music because I was just like I just want to leave this behind if if I'm not gonna make it out this and I was in such a and, and this is the thing I didn't have the verbiage for all these things I was going through the language what, you didn't know how to communicate it I yet. didn't know what depression was 
I didn't know what anxiety was. Like I didn't know these things. I didn't have no. Well, you think I can go to the next room? One of my homeboys be like, I'm feeling crazy. I think it was, I think it's anxiety. Yeah, like yo, yeah, man, drink this, smoke, smoke this. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. chill out, bro. You you bug it. And on top of paranoia, on top of paranoia, one of the was, cops coming in, one someone coming with a gun. Everybody I was seeing, I was just think, you know, that the agents, the this and that, really? and all these things were going on. And I'm trying to make music, and I was just so depressed. I was just drinking so much, and I I was like waiting waiting to the day like i would just go to sleep sometimes and be like okay if it's a day i'm prepared and they mind you the whole time this is going on because i'm i'm built the way that i'm built i'm distancing myself farther away from my family my sisters and you know my, my cousins my dad and my mom at the time before she passed because i'm i'm preparing wow. right because if i go i don't want to be like I can't be a weak link. Wow. You know, because I miss the outside of my mom, my family. So I'm mentally disconnecting myself yeah, yeah. from them because I don't want that to affect me if I got to go to prison. Holy cow. All that's going on. And it was one day, i never forget, I started to work on the recession. And um, I was dealing with this young lady. We had this this breakup. She, it was public. She was a public person. We had a breakup. And I just went in the studio the same night. And I didn't come out until I worked the recession. And I, what I was doing was, I was um, I was reading reading books. This is some new for me. What year was, is this? This was oh oh eight eight okay oh seven going uh-huh. to oh eight right. Reading books. I was watching the news. I was working out. Now I'm in the gym. I'm I don't know how to work out because I don't like to be told what to do. So I ain't want to go with a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm YouTubing videos. You know what I'm saying? You know YouTube was my best friend, and I learned how to eat clean, you know, how to stay hydrated. Great, I wasn't man. drinking water for like, I, it, I would go months without water. Oh my gosh, yeah, man. Yeah, it was Cristal. Oh my <laughs> gosh, man. Cristal and Waffle House, that was it, that was my diet. <laughs> and I was like, that, and, and I lost 60 pounds, um, and I wrote The Recession, which was one of the best albums, in in my opinion, that I've ever written in mm. life, because it was dealing with politics, the world, the things were going on. I wrote My President is Black before Barack Obama. Wow. Right, this is before he won. This was like six months before he won. And then he won, so that made that song go even crazy. I had put on with Kanye West. This was the first verse that he did since his mom passed. And now I'm going to do shows. And when I used to do my shows, it used to be like all the gangsters and gang members and the drug dealers in the front row. Now I'm down, I'm like 190, 185, right? And I'm doing shows and it's all women in the front. Really? Right? Yeah. And I go do my first show on the uh, recession tour. They, they think they're looking at Usher or what? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I'm doing the show and uh, uh, I come out on stage and all stuff, stuff start flying on the stage. I'm looking at my security guard like, yo, what you gonna do with this? He said, balls. I said, what's going on? He said his bras and stuff. I was like, oh my God. You know? Panties and bras. Right. You know what I mean? And from that standpoint on, I was like, oh, I can be better. I can look better, I can be better. And this is when I came into stardom. This is when really? I did myself. Yeah, this is the first time. My third album was the first time in my whole career where I said, you are a bona fide star. You have to go out here and you gotta do what you gotta do. And you can't worry about your past. You have to be what you've become. And that's when I fell into like cheesy, right? Wow. That was the first time I felt like I was worthy and then, really? yeah, because before then, I'm like, I'm thinking it's a fluke. You know, I'm like, huh, you know, I'm selling a few records, but it ain't the type of money I'm used to. Let's talk about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And how long was it really going to last? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're not even really an artist. So, you know, 
you can write a hit album and be talented and can't write another one. Right. You, you a lot of people do that. Right. So now I'm 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 starting the process there because I'm like, okay, I got one. What happens now? <laughs> you know? So now I'm trying to stay in the studio, but I'm not living the same life that I was when I was writing right. these records. Right, because now I'm on the I'm transitioning, so I'm seeing things different. And, you know, nobody wants to hear that. So what are you gonna do? Right. How many how many people in in the the music business that you interact with truly believe that they're worthy of love and peace and success? I can't really speak because I know for me, I just feel like I just feel like I'm just a grown man. And I don't group myself in that. Right? Sure, sure. And not that I have any disrespect for it. Right. But it's just like, you know, it's like if I go to a golf club and everybody there is, you know, well off, I might want to play golf, but I don't want to be in their group. Right. Right. And I think that it's hard to get to know somebody when they don't know themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's hard, you know, because they, they're, they're living out who they think they are who yeah. people told them they are a so false identity yeah you don't you know you, you can't you can't get to know them because they're going by a name that they made up and that it's who they are and, and that's how people perceive them in the world when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Right. And, you know, not to say that anybody's a bad person, but it's almost like you go to a wrestling match. You got to know the Undertaker ain't the Undertaker at home. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? You got to know that, right? But I think that's different because I'm Jeezy at home. I'm Jeezy every day. Like, it ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with the music. The music just happened to be a part of what I'm doing. So, I mean, the music, you said this earlier, you weren't never, 
you never trying to be an artist. You were never trying to be a musician, an artist, or rapper. You weren't trying to. I loved the music though. You that, loved that it. was the thing because I learned, and I talk about that a lot in the book. I learned a lot from like Tupac's core mm -hmm. because he had morals and values before I knew what they were. He stood for something. Was, he was a revolutionary. I didn't know that you can even have an opinion about this stuff. You see what I'm saying? Sure. He stood on that. He died for it. He's like, you know, what's the difference between him and anybody else that was assassinated? He died for what he believed in, right? And the things that he believed in gave people like myself some type of moral compass. Because mm. I knew I couldn't do that because Bob said you couldn't do that, right? Mm -hmm. And then I knew I shouldn't do that because he said somebody did this to him. And that's how I was starting to pull things out of the music. Wow. So I loved the music. So I was listening to like the Pox and the Masterpiece and the Eight Ball, MJG. I didn't listen to the music just to hear it and, and enjoy it. I listened to the music like sermons. Wow. I'm trying to find the the word in there. The you message. Know what I'm the message. Yeah. And that's why I love music so much. And it was like. But you weren't trying to be a musician. No. I was trying to be, honestly, I was trying to be an entrepreneur before I knew what entrepreneurship was. Because the guys that I saw that was doing it on a major level was the masterpiece and the cash monies. You know, they were living this crazy life. And I was hustling trying to get the stuff that they was getting. Like right. I bought Lexuses and Rolex watches and all this stuff at that time. Like I, I, I was known for that. You know what I mean? Like I, people know, if you know me, I had the latest car, I had the best watch, I had this. And this was before music, right? right? But these were the entrepreneurs and I'm like, well, I can I can do this. I just gotta go find some talent. So I was- ah. uh, So you're I trying was, to be the label. You were trying to yeah, find the talent. I was dealing with some guys out of Florida that I was kind of getting some money with and um, in the streets and they, um, they uh they had a record company that they was building, right? And we went like to this Black Spring break in Daytona or something. They had like the Winnebago's and the uh -huh, cars sure. and stuff on their t shirts. And I was just like, I could do that. So I went back to Georgia, bought a studio, went to the neighborhood, got some artists. There wasn't artists, <laughs> there was the homies, you know what I'm saying? Got artists and, you know, put everybody down. My, my man was with me as well. And we put everybody in the studio and we was trying to make records and we was trying to get our name out there and it just didn't go that way. And then the, the charges came down, people started getting real time yeah. and so on and so forth. And now we stuck with this studio with no artists and everybody like, well, look, you really lived the life. You might as well talk about it. Wow. Right? I was a little reserved because I'm already, again, good over here. The last thing I want to do is go over here and look corny. Right. Or, because I don't really truly have talent. Like, I'm not writing sorrows every day. However, when I went back to my childhood, I had to realize, my wife is going to kill me about this, but it was a girl in my class when I went to school in Hawaii, right? And she was uh, she was different than this or whatever. And I was just like, wow. You know, because I had never seen, this is my first time out of the hood. Like, I've never seen this, right? right? So I'm like, so I started writing her poems. Mm -hmm. And then the more I wrote her poems, my dad would come in like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing another poem. He's like, man, come on. So I wrote her poems like every day and then she ended up becoming best friends and wow. close girlfriend with him. But I realized that the way I can articulate myself when I write was something special there mm. because you're, you're feeling what I want you to feel. Yeah, so I'm getting the result. Right. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I can with see you it. now. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can see we're connected. Right. And I, I just remember Interesting. that. And then when I started to understand how to put my life into words, it started to be therapeutic for me because now it's like, oh, I did deal with that. Oh, that is trauma. 
wow, I did go through that. How did I overcome that? And now I'm putting it in my music, and that's why my music has always been about motivation. It's wow. been about inspiration. It's been about how can I help you with my pain? Mm. How can I prevent you from feeling what I felt? And even if you do, how do I make you feel like you're not alone in this? Right. And that's where the music came from. Because if you go back to Pac, thug life was a movement. But if you listen to it, you think it's about killing and robbing. It's not. It's about standing for something. Mm. Right? Yeah. It just made it make sense to us. Sure. Because we all feel like we were living the thug life, right? Wow. So I came back and my first album was Thug Motivation. Because I wanted to set it up like a class. Right? That's cool. This is something you sit down and you, and then my second album was the inspiration. Right, and then my third album was the recession. So look at the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And the crazy thing is, I got the recession from being in a room with these guys. I went to this little private dinner. And I'm in a room with all these guys that got all this money, and they were so concerned. It was like, you know, the recession is coming. I'm thinking about selling this and doing that, and I got to get rid of this business. And I'm going like, you guys got a lot of money. Like, what are you worried about? And he's like, do you know what a recession is? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't. So I went back and googled it, and I'm like, huh. So I'm asking questions now. Uh, what happens with this? How does this happen? So when I wrote the recession, that was me running back to tell the culture what I just learned. Because we know what a drought is. A drought right, on the street right. meaning there ain't nobody working. Yeah. But a drought on the money is totally different. So that means there's no money nowhere. Wow. Right? So if you think you're living bad now, you're going to live even worse. Right? So that was my intentions when I wrote the recession to tell people what was going on. And, and I just caught that moment in time where it hit and that music was like the soundtrack for what everybody was going through. And, and it was, was the recession. Right. Yeah, and it right. just, right when I dropped it, that's when they announced it. And it was huge. When I say huge, it was crazy. And every interview I did after that, I started to really notice again, hear those words. Because now I'm writing about what I'm learning instead of just what I'm doing and I'm putting it together. And now my interviews are different. Like people asking me real questions and I actually would What's up with Lil Ray Ray and them? It's sure, like now, sure, like, sure. so what do you think about the president? Have you ever met him before? Right? And I got to tell you a crazy story about that too. So my past, um, so after I did my president's black, he won the first time, right? So he invites me to a correspondence dinner really? in New York. Go buy Tom Ford suits for my crew, get myself <laughs> yeah. together. And I fly back to New York. And I go to the correspondence dinner. I'm watching my peers go in, the correspondence dinner. And I'm getting out of the car and I see my security talking to Secret Service. And it's like, no, no, he can't, he cannot. And I'm like, can't be around you. Right. And yeah. So he invited you, but he couldn't. His team invited me. Right, I couldn't right. get in. Most embarrassing day of my life. Really? Because I'm told everybody I'm going. Like I'm telling everybody, right? And now I'm sitting in this hotel room in this hotel called London in New York. And I'm just sitting there and I'm going like, all the good I do, all the things I'm trying to like, how you like, I'm, I'm a good dude. Like, how you going like you like this ain't even real. Like, you know what I mean? My past is my past, but I started to understand how big and deep my past was. And if they went and dug into it, what they would have found. Right. And I never forget. I was on tour, maybe like, uh, so it was year one. So this is like, maybe like three years before he got back in the office again. And my mom called me, I'm in London on the tour bus, she said, hey, baby, uh, you uh, see what the president talking about you? I was like, what? She's like, yeah, the president was just talking about you. I said, no, no way. She said, yes. As he's talking about me, she said, yes. I said, okay, she had my sister send me the clip. He was at the next correspondent dinner. He said, my first term, I went with Al Green. My second term, I'm going with Young Jeezy. Wow. Like, plain as day. And he looked at Michelle, he said, she likes when I sing that to her. 
And that's when I was just like, okay, I get it. He got some ice in his veins. He see me. I wow. can't feel no way, right? Um, right, right. He gave you a shout out. He gave right. you props. Yeah, yeah. But, but here we go. Here go that life again. I had people like that too. Mm. I'm in my own light. I'm doing my thing. You can't be right beside me. You're still in the things that, that, uh. that don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was his way of showing me, I see you. You know, but I can't be. I can't be. You know, oh, it's gonna man. be a little while before we're able to sit right, down right, and right, just right. have a cocktail, bro. But I see you, and to me, that acknowledgement—not just because he was the president, and because he saw me, right, publicly, right—that made me. Wow. You know, I was just like, okay, cool. Which I took a page out of that, and even guys that I know from the streets that you know we have some history, I make sure if it's still that type of terms that I still see them. Uh huh. Because sometimes people just want to be acknowledged. Absolutely, man. You know? Wow. Have you got a chance to sit down with him? No, actually, he came to Atlanta to do a a, a rally for Stacey Abrams. We got a chance to chop it up right quick. Oh, that's cool. But I don't think the Secret Service still trust me yet. It was, <laughs> it was like looking at me up and down. Like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. Wow, man. Yeah. This is fascinating. So how did you get the confidence, knowing that you weren't a rapper or an mm-hmm. artist or musician, how did you get the confidence to, obviously, you're writing down your 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 thoughts what are really poetry in your way and sermons in your way and motivation and teaching and you're putting it into an album how'd you sell so many records and get your name out there coming from the streets how did you promote yourself and build a brand oh, record after record good course when you didn't know what you were doing that's the thing that's the good thing that's the golden thing about the streets you don't gotta know what you got you don't uh, gotta know what you're doing as long as you do it because there's no and that's like I say, back to the book, there's no straight path yeah. that we trying to get through. You got to navigate these things. I think what gave me the confidence was survival. Mm. And that I knew that I was studying um, before, uh, like say Francis, when, again, when people just be listening to the music, I'd be looking for the word, or I would be a young guy to go sit around a bunch of old guys and just listen to them talk to see what I can learn from them. And that just kind of was my school. It kind of gave me confidence because I knew more than the average kid my age. Right, and I was learning how to move because my older cousins was in the streets before me, and it was pretty big. So I watched a lot what they was doing, a lot of people that was around them, and I was like, okay. And I'm just, I'm sponge. Your brother was performing in the streets. No, no, my cousin was in the streets. Gotcha. Like they was doing this. They before were doing I was. It big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the guys, and I was just watching what they was doing. So you observed, and then you represented. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. sponge, a sponge, a sponge, and that's what gave me confidence because I just felt like I knew more than everybody else, right? And then I wasn't scared to go ask the questions. Interesting. And then going about building a brand, I watched and studied how music worked. And even from the Cash Money era to Master P, you know, Master P and them had the tanks on and all that stuff. And I'm just like, what, what, what is that for me? And I had this mechanism with this big diamond encrusted snowman on it, right? And, and it was like, it was the craziest thing ever because it started as a chain, right? And then people started calling me snowman, right? And now, I got a brand. And then when I put out my first album, they took the snowman and put it, shout out to Shauna Ayers, uh, she was helping me with it. They took the snowman and put it on the CD cover. It immortalized it. And now this snowman is everywhere. everywhere. And everyone wants to wear a snowman. So the shirts were made for branding and marketing. And I, got, and I gotta go back to how I branded and market myself. The shirts was made for branding and marketing and we only made a hundred. They blew up so much we ordered a thousand more. Then it out of nowhere, I don't I, I promise you don't know what happened. It went from some shirts that we were sending out to you go anywhere on Harlem 
anywhere on 125th, whatever, every store got different versions of snowman shirts. This was all around the world. Wow. So now Jay-Z calls me because he's the president of Def Jam. He's like, I'm going to the magic show. You should come with me. So this is the magic show out there, the clothing show in, in Vegas. So they got the rock, rock aware booth out there. Yeah, yeah. And he like, yo, let's just walk through it. So me and Jay-Z walk around the, 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 the magic show. What year is this? This is like, oh, six, okay. seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, six. And um, he, we just walking around it and um, people keep running up to me going, Jeezy, no, I'm with Jay-Z. They like, Jeezy, man, thank you so much. We love you, man. <laughs> it's, you're the realest, this is great. And I'm just like, so after the first, fifth person, I look at him, he look at me, he's like, what's going on? No one's saying anything to Jay-Z. Yeah, but not even just that, though. We both looking at each other like, what's going on? Because I don't know what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I asked the guy, I said, yo, what, 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 what do you mean? He's like, yo, everybody's making money off these snowman shirts. Because now they sell them in bulk. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they're selling them to all the mom and pop stores. So we went in one guy's shop. He had them to the ceiling. And one of my guys back then told me when I first did it, I should trademark it. Yeah. But I'm still oh, thinking like that. I'm like, nah, this is whatever. And I never trademarked Oh, man. Craziest thing ever. And the craziest thing was, but it's a double-edged sword. So I didn't trademark it. However, I think that made my brand bigger than life. Wow. Because everybody had access to it. And they were selling it and they were making money, which means that I was helping them help me. Yeah, and they were probably getting out there faster than you could. 1,000%. Wow. Now it goes back to how I started branding myself. So what I would do when I was first trying to figure out um, where I was going, I was doing these mixtapes with DJ Drama. He's like a you know big deal in the culture as far as like street tapes. So what I would do, when people would do street tapes and like put them in stores and sell them, you know, $5, $10. But what I did was I pressed up like 100000 and gave them all out. Wow. I went to this club every week on the east side and I gave them out that we were around town, gave them out beauty supply stores, beauty salons, barbershops, and I did that. That was the first tape. I saw them need to move a little bit. In Georgia. In, in Georgia. In Atlanta, yeah. Then my second tape was Trap or Die. Right. So I pressed up 500,000 of these. Oh, man. And I just started giving them out, giving them out. Best thing I ever done, because my grandmother always told me if you want something from somebody else, give them something first. Right. Best thing I ever done. I could still do those songs right now, any stage. Wow. Because it was like, it was like grassroots. And now I'm getting everybody starting to know who I am. And then I put this DVD of all the footage of me just running around with the Trap or Die tape. And when I knew it was real, when I used to walk into my, we, we call them trap houses. <laughs> you know sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so I just go to my friends' trap houses or whatever, like my homies or whatever. And I go like, you know, just go through there, holler and whatever. And they would be watching my DVD. Wow, In the living room, it'd be like 10 people in there looking at the DVD and you're looking like, y'all know me. It's like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're watching me. And that's how I knew. And then it went from there, because I used to hang out a lot. I used to be in all the premier clubs, whatever. Cause I just went my jury, drive my cars, cause that was my that was my marketing. Like I just looked like the guy who's already successful and wow. was trying to be successful. And I never forget when uh, Trap or Die came out. Um, I was walking in the club. I mean, mind you, I'm a street guy, so I'm not used to people just walking up on me. And this is back before you can like just take pictures uh -huh. of anybody and anything. And people come up on me like, "Yo, Jeezy, man, I love what you do, man." Like the sixth time somebody came to me, I, it just felt like somebody was paying them to say this. You know what I'm saying? Because it was weird. I never. Sure. You know, and it just started happening more and more. And I'm like, oh, 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 I'm on to something. Like, Interesting. This, this is this is this is real. And then I started to be like go out like the malls or whatever, and be just doing regular stuff. People come up to me, yo, man, 
I really love you, man. Huh. I love what you're doing. I'm just sitting there and I'm going like, this is it. I got to focus now. Wow. And I started recording my debut album. And while I'm recording my debut album, I was paying for it myself. Um, and they they come to me about a deal. So I take the deal uh, with Def Jam. And while I'm taking the deal and working on the album that I'm paying for, that they're going to reimburse me my money. Mm. I don't know how to perform and I'm not taking care of myself. And so now I do this show in Jacksonville and uh, at the Super Bowl, like in a club, nightclub. And the, the system is terrible. And I had problems on my vocal cords oh, already. And I tore my vocal cords. Oh, man. So now I'm one foot in the street, one foot out. I got some buzz as an artist. And I got to get surgery. Oh, man. And I don't know if I'm, and the whole conversation is, we don't even know if he's going to sound the same or how he's going to sound. So now I'm like, it's, it's going down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do, you know, and... It was probably one of the scariest moments of my life because now I got to go in there. Mind you, I don't even have insurance. So oh, I right, pay right. for my surgery with a brown mm. paper bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I paid for my surgery with a brown paper bag. And um, so I made it through that. And then right after that, I want to make sure I say this word right because somebody said I didn't say it right last time. I got hit with Bell's palsy. Uh-huh. And, and now wow. my mouth is crooked and my face is... This is like the second thing. While after I'm the surgery. Old, after the surgery. Holy cow. So now I'm like, I'm hiding. Because <laughs> I, I look crazy. And um, I was scared. I remember talking to my mom. I was just like, Mama, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. But then I realized quickly, too, that I wasn't taking care of myself, right? And at the same time, you don't have people around you that are taking care of themselves. They're not. You know, you're people drinking, drinking you're every day. Bad, yeah, yeah, not yeah. sleeping. No, yeah. it could, you can. You was too paranoid. Like, I couldn't. I Man, how... I, I can go off, before these days, I can go off like an hour and a half of sleep. Oh, my gosh. Any day. That was my thing. I sleep when I die. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because you couldn't sleep. You know what I mean? Because you got so many things going on and your mind is in so many different places, but you're trying to uh, navigate it. And that's why I say, you know, the new rich is peace. It is. You know, because, you know, you can have a billion dollars, you know, like my uncle used to say, you can put somebody in a Rolls Royce, he's still going to have the same problems. He's going to have those problems in the Rolls Royce. And I think once you become in this place where you just at peace with who you are and who you're becoming, and, and like I said again, I had to give myself permission to evolve. Wow. Because it was almost like I, I wanted to grow, but I couldn't grow because of my Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Not a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Um, these weeds and these things that will hold me back. And when I started to clean that out, I started to, like, grow and and bloom and blossom and I just started to understand like wow like the, the air is different up here like you know the 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 the, the thought process is different <laughs> yeah you know like I, I like getting up at 5 a.m in the morning I used to I be know, time, I wouldn't go to sleep until 6 a.m <laughs> up all night <laughs> right, yeah. right wake up at 2 p.m yeah but I love it now because it's like and, and even some of my friends they just ask me like oh, what are you doing now and it's crazy because people ask me a lot of things about life and I'm surprised because they're older than me Right, and they're like, yo, so what are you doing now? Like, I'm getting up at five, I'm doing this. I'm, what book you read? I'm reading uh -huh. this book, I'm reading that. And they come over to my house, I give them a copy of the book. It's weird, it's Jeezy. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, sure, saying? sure. You know, he's the guy who used to pass you the blood, now he's giving you books, you're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I take pride in that because it's my piece. I, I love when I go through my phone and one of my guys hit me like, oh, no, chapter 10. Oh my God, it's mind blowing. You know, I'm like, yeah, where do you get chapter 12? All but right. in my mind, that's my piece. Wow, right? man. And, 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 and I had to work so hard and do so much work on myself just to even get a taste of that. Yeah. Right? How did you get, I mean, how did you get to a taste of peace? How did you start to even heal your thoughts, your emotions, your body? Because I'm assuming 40 years of some type of psychological or physical trauma, whether it be not sure where you're sleeping at night, mom's pointing a gun in your face, on the streets, who knows what's going to happen every day, sleeping an hour a night, doing that for 40 years. Yes. You know, seeing friends die, yeah. seeing friends go to jail, doing that for that long, right. having surgery, right. there is no peace. There's yeah. no healing. There's no time to think about, let my nervous system calm and relax. Let me process these memories of my past from right. parents to childhood friends to other stuff that maybe you haven't talked about and really allow my body to feel whole. Right. When did that start to happen, and is that still a journey for you? Yeah, it's still a journey. I, I learned that when my mom passed. Mm. I, I didn't agree with right. Really? Because I'm numb. When was this? Uh, my mom passed three years ago. Yeah, I'm numb. Like I'm, 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 I'm been through it so much. I don't feel that part. Like I, I got to be honest. Like I don't know how to connect with that, right? And I, that's something that I'm working on every day because it's like when you going through all these things, you just become it becomes normal life to you. Right. And then you have to understand this is what's going to happen. You got to deal with it. You got to keep it moving. Right. And when my mom passed, I knew that I didn't grieve right. I was just like, something's not right. Yeah. What sent me on another mission? So to answer your question is, how do you get to that? I'm still working on that now. And that's why I'm even opening up and being transparent about what I'm going through. Because I think at some point, as black men, we all in that space, bro. Man. You ain't come from a certain type of life. And for me, it took me to get around other people to understand that everybody's went through something, right? And you gotta be different outlets of how you can, um, you know, just start to dump some of that stuff off. And the craziest thing is, you know, and, and, and I'm not just saying that, even when I started listening to your podcast, John Maxwell's and, you know, just different people, I just respected their perspective. I started to get a lot of information about how to deal with those things and who wow. I should reach out to, <clears throat> which is why I'm so, passionate about the book because there's information in there 
right? There's information in these shows and these episodes that you do that you wouldn't even expect mm. people to pull that from and go, man, maybe I need to, uh, maybe I should sit down with somebody. And like, I, I didn't know what processing means. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that something from my childhood could affect me worse in my 40s. Right. I didn't I didn't know all these things, but I'm working on those things every day. I'm working on trust. Right? Wow, man. You know, I'm working on emotions like I, I love my kids. Right. And I'm, I'm just making sure I'm intentional about connecting with them because I know there's sometimes with me where I get caught up in my world and I'm thinking about everything that I got going on that I might not be present. But then I didn't know there was a such thing of being present. So now I got to check myself on that. So you now you could be present. You're always right. hustling for the next thing. Probably. So now it's checks and balances. Wow, man. And, and, and it's, in, it's in the information. And that's one thing I do like about social media. These days, I hate all the other, like it's terrible. But there's a lot of information there if you know how to sort through it. It's like YouTubes, like books, like podcasts. There's information that we need that we just can't get from people that are around us because they're searching for the same thing. And, and, and I think that's what helped me get on the mission of healing because this is the thing. I didn't know I needed to heal. I feel like I was Iron Man. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm good. Like it can't nothing hurt me. Can't wow. nothing. Hurt. I felt like that. And then when I started peeling back the layers, I'm like, I'm like, wow. Like you know, like like how somebody gonna feel your devotion if they can't if if you're not, you know, it's how, how people are gonna feel you if you're not even being. Because you know, by the way, this is. I would never talk this much. Just so, you know, yeah, sure. go back and look at my first yeah. interviews. I'm like, yeah, no, nah. it was like interrogation. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was interrogation. It was like, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but now I feel like you know, it's 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 my purpose and and, and, and my responsibility wow. to open up. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? man. Because we don't make it to our 40s and 50s. You know what I'm saying? And we don't make it there being us and still being cool and still being successful and still being like, you know, if it's a black man, you get over a certain age, nobody cares about you. Not even your kids. Really, if you can't give them no money or do nothing for them, it's like, you know, you, you know, you just get to a certain age. It's so hard for us, right? So you have to put things around you and put things in place that keep you held accountable and 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 that fulfill you, so that you can go out here and be the best that you can be. And for me, that's what keeps me going and keeps me on the journey of healing. I don't got a problem saying that now because I got my, my friends and my, my, my people that tell me, you know, things like, yeah, man, I'm really going through this. I'm like, well. Well, I mean, I'm here. Like, we, we, what can I do, right? right? So, I'm already knowing they need to heal, right? And I, I, I can understand that. So now I give them space to heal, right? Checking in, you know, let's let's go have dinner or something. Like, let's beautiful. just get out for a minute. And because the thing from our culture is, when you go through things, you isolate yourself, you know, and that's like the worst thing ever. Because now you, you know, you you. <laughs> You in this, <laughs> you know, and a wall is for real. Yeah, man. You know, a wall can keep people out, but it can also keep you in. You know what I'm saying? So it can keep the bad things out, but it blocks the blessings as well. It does. You know, and I think, you know, we I had a wall up for, you know, my first probably, you know, 30-some years of my life. Really? Oh, a big one. <laughs> I'm talking about like, <laughs> I'm talking, like, no, nothing wasn't getting past that wall. Because that's how I was surviving. You know, it's different to live for love and to live for survival. And if you ask me, you know, what was the difference? I was living for survival here. Now I'm living for love. Did you were you able to experience love up until the last five years with that wall? No, I'm, really. No. What does love feel like now that you have the wall coming down, or at least it feels partial wall? You know, maybe <laughs> it feels like trust. It feels really? like it feels like a village. It feels like community. Uh, it feels like support. It feels like understanding. It feels like grace. 
Um, it feels like those things because, again, you, you never had it. And not to say that it wasn't there, but I wouldn't let anybody in. You weren't so, allowing yourself to experience right. it. So now it's just like knowing people. Because, you know, for a while, you just really feel like nobody really, like, really is down with you. Because when you go through, like, a lot of the stuff I talk about in the book, and you realize how people go left and right and not really down, you kind of just build that up in your head. You kind of like, okay, all my interactions are like, you know, they want offs. I'm not looking to build with you. You right. know what I'm saying? They're but not I deep, know, yeah. Yeah, I already know at some point it's going to go left and you're going to feel a way about something and there's that, right? But what I had to learn is, like, you know, even when I was wrong, you know, I could still go back and have a conversation with somebody who's mentally on the same level as me and be like, you know what, man? I just had a bad day, bro. Like, I was doing this and that and going through and you said this and I just kind of felt like I wasn't there. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, no, it's all good. That's how two men talk. Mm. But you coming from a culture where if we don't agree, somebody got to go. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, somebody got to go. And I ain't talking about just leaving. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. That ain't how go we Go forever. Operate. Yes. Holy And, and that's, that's, how, that's how it's set up. And, that's, and, and, and the thing about it is what I learned in this world, in this world is there's no conflict resolution in, in this world. We, we don't have conflict resolution. We don't have an understanding of how this is supposed to go. There's a resolution. It's just not a healthy one. Right. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and in this world, there, there's conflict resolution. There's, there's, I'm wrong. You're right. You know what? There's, you know what? Next time I try this, there's, you know, um, you know, you lose somebody, we there for you. You know what I'm saying? You going through something, you got help. You know what I'm saying? If you, you, you feeling depressed, I want to be the one to call and make you laugh and tell you something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Or if you got some issues with your business, I want to introduce you to my lawyers and my friends and their friends and so on and so forth. And, you know, if I went on a vacation somewhere, like, man, you know, you should go there. Let me set you up with the people. So now you're like building this, this, this community of we all we got, right? And in this community, you all you got. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You all, you know, ain't no way around it. With all the experience you have now from all the stuff and the trauma you went through growing up and, and the process of healing and the process of trusting in the last five years and processing and all these different things, what would you say is your greatest superpower now? And maybe it's not what people would think it is. And also, what is your biggest weakness still that mm. you're working to overcome that you want to become better at overcoming? My biggest weakness would be dealing with a lot of my childhood trauma um, because there's sometimes a little Jay still comes out. Pain. You know what I mean? I have to work on that because um, either you feel slighted and, 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 and again, what I had to kind of come to grips with is that what served me then doesn't serve me now. Right, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, you know, a, a, a violent behavior would serve me then. It protected right. you. It, it guarded you. Right. And yeah. you know, tough demeanor is like, ah, uh, you know. And um, was it the the next one you asked? Was what am I working the on? Greatest, now? The greatest superpower. Superpower. Yeah, I say the greatest superpower to me is having a good heart. You know what I'm saying? Because I always had it. You know what I'm saying? It just doing things for people makes me feel like it. It, it fulfills me. Like it's almost like. You know, when somebody call me and be like, yo, thank you for introducing me to such and such or telling such and such, such, you know, stop by my business. I'm like, oh, no, it's, you know, I, I love what you do, whatever. Yeah. That's that's a good thing for me. And then also um, my superpowers 
problem solving. Yeah. Like I love that. Like you can put every, you can put a hundred problems on this desk. I'm scanning through them. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. And, and just to add someone to that, I think my biggest uh, super superpower is integrity. Wow. I, I just I have to move correctly because I have to be able to look at myself in the mirror. And there's been some times that I couldn't, right? Because I didn't move correctly. Your past. My past, definitely. I mean, you know, and and based off like, you know, I would lie if I felt like it was going to benefit me or get me out of trouble. I don't think I can do that today. So I try not to get in trouble because I'm gonna be like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But I had learned that a man that's a real man doesn't doesn't lie under any circumstance. He doesn't. Wow. When did you learn that? When did you start that switch of? I started that around about my late 30s. Wow. Because yeah. I was still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. then. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't like say nothing crazy, but if you asked me something, there was like some pressure behind it, like meaning like I could be in a situation or it, it might not go my way, then I might lean towards sure, what's sure. gonna work for me. But I, right. now I couldn't I couldn't do that. Like yeah. I couldn't look somebody. There's no peace. Yeah. When you're, it, when you're always telling a white lie yeah. or hiding something, is, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, well, also what I learned too, that it, 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 it worked for me because you have to be covert, right? You coming from this world, you got Bible, yeah. You can't tell people everything you're doing. Like you saw, now you're supposed to tell me your next step because they could be there waiting for you, right? Nah. So that was how I lived. But when I started to be more transparent, I started to notice that these quality people that I was bringing in my life became close to me. They embraced me more. Because you got to think, like I was the guy that talking about coming over your house for dinner. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was... It was but the more vulnerable and open and honest and integrity and your word that you are consistently, the more people want to support you yeah. who have the same values. Right. They and, say, and oh, the okay. More, and the more they want to, um, you know, uh, even give you a lot of the knowledge that they have. 100%. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and, 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 and not even, you know, like really pour into you, like really lean into you. And at first, you know, that was a little weird to me because nobody had ever helped me before. So now I'm trying to figure out what's the catch. Right, what are they <laughs> trying to get right. out of it? Yeah, yeah. Right, so now I'm trying to figure out what's trying the catch. Trying to use me, they're trying right, to get something right, from right, me. Right, 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 and it took a while, and I'm wow, just like, wait, man. hold up, wait, wait, so. And then, you know, I'm not good with time, like I remember the trauma stuff, but like, because of course I lived a crazy life in and out here and there, so you meet people and see people. But then when you see people you haven't seen them in a while, and they kind of greet you with their love, and they tell you like, oh, I just really love you. Like at first, I couldn't believe it, right? But over time, started to be like, yo, maybe you know, it, it's that's that's you know that's genuine, that's 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 real, because where we come from, if somebody tell you they love you, you got to be watching your back, really. Yes, absolutely, one thousand percent with them. Yes, you in, <laughs> you out a nightclub, somebody get in your ear, you know I love you. that. That's 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 it. That's you don't want that, really. Yes, you don't want that. Why, they could be shooting you the next day or 1, something? 1,000%. Oh I've seen, gosh, it, happen. I've seen yeah. it happen more times than you can think. Uh, I've seen it firsthand, you know. What is the biggest lesson your wife has taught you? Mm. The biggest lesson she taught me uh, in life is that having a partner, is 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 be- having somebody that is on the same wavelength as you and you guys are building it better. The building together is... The best thing in the whole wide world. My wife is smart, super smart, super savvy, um, you know, fly, let's say that. And 
it's just like, that's my partner. Like we can talk about things and she's there with me, right? And then she can also tell me things that I wouldn't take from anybody else. Cause there's been times I've been in situations where my wife is like, yeah, you ever thought about? I'm like, no, I have not. Let me get into that. And we sit down, we politic and we talk and it's just like, we come up with a plan. And, and I love that. And she can hold her own. And that's what I really respect about her. Like she has just as many resources and right. things as I have. And we always put them together to do things. That's amazing. Like she's very uh, well-traveled and I love that. Like we can go anywhere she's, she she's plugged in and we, we, we live a life together that we both sit down. And I mean, the first like couple months we was together, we sat down and we did a vision board. And it was like this big vision board. It was uh-huh. in the living room in my, in my condo. And we just doing all these, uh, uh, you know, it's all these ideas, uh-huh. and, and we looked up maybe like, maybe like a year later, we had done everything. I'm that's like, so cool, man. We got to do another board. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, I've got a few more questions for you. If that's okay. This has been inspiring, man. I for can sure. hear your no, stories. Thank you so much, brother. I can hear this stuff for a long time, but um, I want to ask. I mean, you mentioned Jay Z briefly. Um, but you've worked with a lot of big artists yeah. over the years, right? I mean, who are some of the names that you've worked with or either oh. been on tracks with or they've been on your yeah. album or you worked with? Kanye West to Rihanna to uh, Mariah Carey to... Wow, and this goes on. I'm yeah. only for people I ain't work with and that I ever wanted to work with is Sade and uh, and Tupac. Right. <laughs> I think right. everything else I got covered. Wow. Yeah. How did you go, I mean, from not being an artist, not being a rapper not knowing anything really about music to working with the biggest names in the world. I think it's my connection to the streets and the people and the culture. Because again, like when you have your community and and you have some leadership there by connecting and collabing, you get to get these people ears that you never would have got because they don't know you or believe you, but they believe me. Mm. Right. So that's, that's the key to it because that's the most reason why people do collabs is to tap into whatever you got, right? And it's just like, you know, when you got people like Rihanna, we've done records, you got Kanye West, we've done plenty of records. Um, you got people like Jay-Z. I got more records with Jay-Z than he has with Biggie Smalls. Like, just think about that. Holy cow. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, but that's what I'm saying. So for me, I think we just tap into what each other has. And for me, my stronghold has been the culture, the people. Like, I am the people's champ, you know? And, and 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 it's way beyond the music. Like the music is just the vessel, and 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 the and 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 and, and the connection to the people. But I think it's more life things to have because you can track and see where I was in a bad space. You can see where I was trying to figure it out. You can see when I started to come out of, of my rut. You can see when I started to think different. You can see when I started to eat different. You can see when I started to dress different. So you're seeing that evolution, and you start to go, hold up. I'm from where he's from. I can do that. He's doing like, you know, in real estate in Atlanta. I'm like, we're really over the world. I'm healing right now. Something I always love. I mean, it reminds me of my old life. Uh-huh. <laughs> you buy something, yeah, you flip yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, it's my thing. And now I got business people come to me, talk to me about real estate. These are people in the culture that's really excited about going out here and doing these things that they probably wouldn't have never thought that they can do. But they're seeing what I'm doing and they're going like, wow. Like, and now I'm getting these calls from people that, you know, that, I used to know in a whole nother life, like, man, I just bought this duplex, man. Like, who can I talk to about managing for me or whatever, whatever. And it's like, these are the conversations I want to have with you. I don't want to have conversations with you right. that are, you know, that are- The uh, old way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not good. Yeah. I got I got three final questions for you. I feel like I could ask you tons of stuff, but uh, I want people to get your book, Adversity for Sale. Sale. Yes, sir. 
You got to believe. Uh-huh. Make sure you guys get a few copies of the book. Give them to your friends from JGZ Jenkins. Um, this question is what I ask all my guests at the end of our conversations. It's called The Three Truths. So it's a hypothetical question, hypothetical scenario. Imagine you get to live as long as you want to live. Um, you know, you can extend your life for as long as you want, but eventually it's the last day. But you've created so many vision boards, you've accomplished all your dreams a thousandfold, right? For the rest of your life. You've lived exactly the way you want to live. But for whatever reason, in this hypothetical world, no one has access to your content, your information, your music, your books. This conversation is gone. Everything you've ever put out is gone. But on the last day, you get to leave behind three lessons. Mm. And this is all we have access of your information, the three lessons that you would share with the world. I call them the three truths. What would be those three truths for you? The first truth would be karma is real. <laughs> I've done some pretty bad things in my life. And I tell you, man, the man upstairs, big G-O-D, he made me, he made me pay. He made me pay. And, and I, I'll never go back down that road again. Wow. So do right by people and do right by yourself, you know, because karma is real. Uh, that would be my first truth. Um, my second truth would be it's never too late for anything. Like, you can be how old, or you can be in the worst situation in the world. Um, it's just never too late to turn it all around. It's never too late. Like, you, 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 you can get started today, you're on your way tomorrow, no matter when. And my last truth would be evolve or die. And I don't mean in the sense of the word, but if you're not evolving, you're not living. And the last thing you want to do um, is take that with you. And they say, you know, the richest place in the world is a cemetery. Because everybody take all these great things with them. And it's just like, you might lose a lot evolving, but you'll gain so much more, right? And you have a whole different respect for yourself because we only got one life. And your life has to affect more than what you can see or touch. Your life has to affect. I can never thought then that my life would affect millions, right? And I'm still continuing to 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 chip away at that, right? And again, when, when I'm no longer here, I want my kids to know that their father was a great man. He stood for something, and he wanted to help people the best way he could. He didn't actually come in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But he wanted to help people as much as he could. And I hope and I pray by people seeing me evolve and giving myself the permission to do so on my own terms and my own time that that helps them understand that there's no judgment if you want to do and become better for yourself, your family, your peers, your community, your culture, your people. You got that right because when this life is over, it's a wrap. It's, it's done. And what you didn't do Never get a chance to do that, ever. Jeezy, I want to acknowledge you before I ask the final question for your, really your ability to look within over the last, you know, three to five years and say, you know what, I'm going to start talking about things that I never thought I was able to talk about. I'm going to start opening up and being vulnerable, even though I would have been laughed at, made fun of, kicked out of the house or whatever growing up if I would have done these things then. 
Uh, and I acknowledge you for allowing yourself to start to heal and transform and, and transmit the message that you've learned from, you know, the karma that you've had to deal with in the past from wrongdoings and mistakes and things that you did that were out of integrity to being the best human you can be. And obviously still no one's perfect, but being on that, that process of service, adding value the way you can, creating, bringing people together, collaborating. So I acknowledge you for the man that. you're continuing to be coming. I received that, brother. The man you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're healing into a beautiful man, it looks like. And I hope we get to play some golf sometime, yeah, hang out sometime yeah. more. <laughs> um, and I want people, again, to get the book. Um, before I ask the final question, is there anything else we can do to serve you today? Oh, man, just make sure we spread this message and, um, you know, and let's just continue to build, brother. Like yeah, man. And, and, and I want to let you know as well, like, you, you really... I've turned a lot of my friends and my peers on to you, and it's like they call me the next day, like, yo, it's amazing. Because <laughs> you just never, like, it's a different episode of what you're going through in life. You can just kind of go through it and pick what you're going through and listen to it. And I listen to your stuff every morning, man. That's for me. What you can do for me is continue to do what you're doing, man, because you're affecting more people than you know. My man, I appreciate sure. it. The final question, Jeezy, what is your definition of greatness? Mm, my definition of greatness is to be the best version of yourself by any means is greatness to me. That means win, lose, draw. Just be the best version you can be of you. And that's all you got to give. Is there's 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 nothing else. Like if you get up every day and you're doing the best you can do and you're being the best that you can be, that's greatness. You're already walking in the path. It only gets better. You know what they say, good habits Good things come out of that. Bad habits, <laughs> bad things come out of that. So at the end of the day, if you got a, a habit of being the best version of yourself, you're only going to get better at that, and that's greatness to me. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a rundown of today's show with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me as well as ad-free listening experience, make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel on Apple Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend over on social media or text a friend. Leave us a review over on Apple Podcast and let me know what you learned over on our social media channels at Lewis House. I really love hearing the feedback from you and it helps us continue to make the show better. And if you want more inspiration from our world-class guests and content to learn how to improve the quality of your life, then make sure to sign up for the Greatness Newsletter and get it delivered right to your inbox over at greatness.com newsletter. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service. 
saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big. 